Well, Christmas 2020 is over, just like that. It comes and it goes, and then it is behind us. And New Year's is next, 2021 coming up. Who knows what will be in this upcoming year? But just like Christmas 2020 is over, so the first Christmas came and went, and then on to Jesus' life. Um, The funny thing is, we know almost nothing about Jesus' childhood. Almost nothing. In fact, there is only one story about Jesus as a child. Only one in all four Gospels in all of the Bible. Just one, and it happens when he is 12 years old. Well, because there's that gap between his birth and that whole Christmas narrative and all the way to he's an adult, um, people have tried to fill in the gaps. So there are fictional stories in history of Jesus raising dead animals and turning rocks into pigeons and all these types of stories. None of them are reliable. None of them are historical. In fact, from John's gospel that the first miraculous sign Jesus did was water into wine when he was 30 years of age. So what happened between that, between the Christmas story, and all the way until his first miracle at age 30? Well, we get one glimpse, and only one glimpse, of Jesus at 12 years old, and it's an important one because it tells us right from the start who he is. And something about kids, right? You can kind of, people change over life and experiences and all that, but, but you could kind of sense a person's character at 12 years of age. You can get some sense of what kind of a woman or man that child will end up becoming. Who is Jesus at 12 years of age? Look with me at Luke chapter 2, 41 through 52. Luke 2, 41 through 52, the only account of Jesus' boyhood. His post, post his, um, uh, what happened at the circumcision with Simeon and Anna and until his adulthood we come to this passage now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover and when he was 12 years old they went up according to custom and when the feast was ended as they were returning the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem his parents did not know it But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the word of the Lord. Most likely Luke, who said he compiled his account of Jesus' life from 
different sources, most likely he's speaking to Mary herself and getting uh, this story from her. She's treasuring all, all these things in her heart. She's passing it along. And here Luke gives us really the first words, too, by the way, of Jesus' life that we have recorded. Just one line, basically, from Jesus. And what we learn about Jesus is first that he's faithful. He's faithful. 41 to 42. Uh, Jesus was a faithful Jewish boy. Uh, We looked, of course, at his circumcision at eight days of age. Uh, So his parents followed the law. According to that, they offered the two birds. But there were no words of Jesus spoken. Probably just cries, because he's a baby. Uh, But now we get his first words. And his parents are celebrating the feast of Passover. Passover was the the most important uh, holiday. (coughs) Excuse me holy day of the Jewish calendar, and it lasted for seven days. began with the Feast of Passover and then seven days, and his parents make a point to go up to Jerusalem. You don't have to do that, but they do, because his parents take very seriously, we learn that Joseph is a righteous man, a Zedekim, a Zedek, he's a a law-abiding, faithful Jewish man, and of course Mary, we learn about her faithfulness as well, they take very seriously the importance of raising their kids, and particularly Jesus here, uh, in a way in which they are surrounded by the truth of the Torah. We look at one particular feast of Passover that Jesus celebrated, and it says he was 12 years old. Why 12 years old of all ages at this time? Maybe because you became a man at 13. You had a bar mitzvah. You become a son of the commandment. You're officially an adult at age 13. I know we like to think of 18 as the adult age of adulthood. Back then they thought of 13. But you would still look at a 13-year-old and say, well, I mean, he's an adult officially, but not quite, you know, because you're not until you're 30 can you really become a rabbi. So this is before Jesus is actually considered an adult. I think that's important because it shows his wisdom even before he is a man. According, they go up according to the custom. As I said, Mary and Joseph were faithful Jews. They raised Jesus as such. One thing we see here is Jesus is fully God and fully man. He's both. Uh, now, that may seem like a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. It's a mystery. It's a difference between a mystery and a contradiction. A contradiction would be like a square circle. All right, That's a contradiction. It can't exist. It's illogical. But God, who is spirit, can be man, who is flesh. And Jesus is fully God, and he's fully man. Uh, Sometimes we neglect his full deity. And actually, I think probably more our non-Christian, our skeptic friends and neighbors and family members, are more likely to doubt his deity. Jesus is just a good rabbi. He's just a guru. Uh, a religious founder, just an important figure of history, right? But as Christians, we can make the mistake of neglecting his full humanity. He was a baby. He grew up in a home. He ate his meals. He was a young boy, a 12-year-old. He was a preteen. Jesus was a teenager for many years. And like us, he grew and matured, as it says, both in wisdom but also in stature. He became taller and taller as he continued to eat and grow fully human. There was, however, one thing that was unique about Jesus' childhood. And it comes out a little bit in this text, as we'll see later on. And that is, he never sinned. (laughs) 
Now imagine a kid, you parents out there and grandparents, who never complains, never fights with his siblings, never lies or steals or makes fun of people or is ever selfish or is ever rude. That's the one thing about Jesus' childhood that definitely would have stood out even if he never did anything miraculous other than the fact that he was completely innocent, fully human, yet without sin. Jesus was faithful. Uh, Friends, I think we can certainly draw an application here that we're called to be faithful, even as Jesus was. Of course, Jesus is uniquely faithful. Uh, He is faithful as he is being prepared as the perfect sacrifice. So here is the 12-year-old lamb, and where is he but in the temple in preparation to be the sacrifice for our sins? However, I think that there is an application for us that we as Christians should strive to be faithful, even as Joseph and Mary and their son Jesus seek to be faithful. Over and over in the Bible, we're called to faithfulness. Now, we're not subject to the ceremonial and the civil aspects of the law, as Joseph and Mary are following here, yet we do want to grow and to mature in faithfulness. In fact, his faithfulness for us and in our place should only motivate us all the more with the help of the Holy Spirit, to be faithful. I hope this upcoming year, this uh, 2021, is a calling for us to be faithful people. And faithfulness comes by daily, sometimes hourly, following God at his word, trusting him, seeking to make wise decisions, choosing the right path, and when we sin and we mess up, repenting and getting back up and keep going. But more than that, he is wise. And here we really come to the heart of the story. Jesus is not just any ordinary 12-year-old. After the seven days, the family makes its journey home. And Jesus stays behind, all alone in the temple. So uh, even though Christmas is over, one of the most well-known Christmas stories today, Christmas today is what? Home alone, right? So that's, they stole that from the Bible. Here is this kid who stays home all by himself. It says that his parents make a day's journey. A day's journey was considered 20 miles. And they're part of a large group. So all of their relatives and acquaintances, they all make this journey up to Jerusalem uh, together and then make the return home together. So they're probably thinking Jesus is hanging out with his cousins. He's hanging out with his friends. He's hanging out with a group of young boys until they begin to realize something's wrong. We haven't seen Jesus all day. And so as they travel an entire day away, they realize that he's missing. They return home and they, which takes another day, so one day out, one day back, and then one day searching for him all over the temple. And they finally find him in the midst of the temple. And what is he doing? He's astonishing the religious leaders and teachers. Now, that's pretty amazing because these aren't your local Pharisees. These are your big shot scribes and religious leaders and teachers and rabbis there in the temple. And notice how it describes Jesus. Remember, Jesus is only 12. He's only a kid. So what is the first thing he's doing? Listening. That's what stood out. He's listening to them. You know, it takes a lot of wisdom to be a good listener. (laughs) Most of us are good speakers, but we're not so great at listening. And certainly Jesus at 12 years old is showing deference and respect to the religious leaders by being a good listener to understand what they have to say. And next, what? Asking good questions. 
So what do you do after you listen? You ask questions. Jesus shows his wisdom, even at 12, by asking insightful questions to understand better what they're teaching. Now, that doesn't mean that's all he's doing, because it says there, they're astonished by his understanding, so he's expressing truth as well, and his answers. So maybe the questions he's asking that they don't have answers for, Jesus is then turning around and giving them answers for what they had to say. But this young boy has got a crowd around him of teachers that are sitting there just amazed at his wisdom. Now, what did he talk about? We have no idea. Don't you wish we could be a fly on the wall of the temple? Uh, I'm, I'm just, it'd be so interesting to hear, did he talk about Passover? I mean, Passover just ended. Did he talk about how these symbols of deliverance all point to some future redeemer? Maybe, I don't know. Did he talk about the lambs and the goats and the bulls and that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, but are these not just a shadow of a future sacrifice for God's people and maybe even for the world? Did he talk about the temple uh, itself, where he is, that the day would come when those who follow him would worship in spirit and truth, that the church would eventually be the dwelling place of God, that there would be a final dwelling in glory. Of course, we don't know what Jesus talked about, but he amazed all who listened to him. Friends, don't, don't underestimate kids. <laughs> don't underestimate kids. Uh, again, note that the parents took Jesus to Jerusalem to learn. And there's something wise about making sure your kids have that influence, taking your kids to church or sitting at home, watching along with your kids, letting them be part of community group or youth group or kid town when we're finally able to start meeting again, sitting down and studying the Bible together with your kids. Remember, Jesus grew in wisdom. And how did he do so? Partly by the fact that Joseph and Mary took value in raising them, raising him and all his siblings under the word. Yes, of course, again, Jesus is unique. But he is fully human. And yet at age 12, he had astonishing wisdom. And I'll just say that kids don't underestimate how much insight they can have about God. In fact, there is a childlike faith that kids can have that Jesus himself brings out later on. And sometimes even you know, as a pastor, I'll, I'll talk to a kid about the Lord and I'll, be, I'll receive something important and insight and say, wow, I didn't even think of it that way because of the simplicity and the clarity of the questions that kids ask. No inhibitions, not worried about showing off. They just want to know the truth. And sometimes they'll say something about God and you'll sit there and, and wonder and say, wow, that is actually really insightful. Wisdom doesn't always come with age. It comes with a love of God and a knowledge of his word. Friends, let's seek to be wise. Jesus was faithful. Jesus was wise, even at 12 years of age. How does he grow in wisdom? He knew the scriptures. For him, that was the Torah and the prophets and the writings. But for us, it's the whole package. The Bible is not meant just for pastors and theologians and missionaries. It's meant for all Christians. It's meant to be in your hands, literally, to be read and known and studied. You know, as we approach a new year, maybe your New Year's resolution, and, and let this be one that we keep, <laughs> is that you'll read the Bible every day. Some days you might miss. That's fine. Just get right back to it the next day. 
You'll read the Bible every day. Or maybe you'll jump into one of our community groups. Or be part of the Facebook prayer time. But be in his word. George Mueller, famous British pastor, said, I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the word of God and to meditation on it. The most important thing he had to do every day was to be in the word. Be wise, make good decisions. As we look ahead at this year ahead, we act in love as our mandate. And when we sin again, we repent and get back up. As we look at the upcoming year, again, it can feel overwhelming because we look at what just happened this year. But look at what you can have influence over by the grace of God. And what you can't, pray over it and put it in God's hand. And in everything, trust God. Which, if that sounds a lot like the serenity prayer, that's where I stole that from. Uh, this isn't just for addicts. This is for everyone. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. It's written by, I think it was Richard Niebuhr, theologian. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things that I can and, of course, the wisdom to know the difference. May God give us wisdom in this upcoming year. But then Mary and Joseph's discussion with Jesus, 48 to 52. And what we see here is that Jesus is God's only son. God's only son. Uh, Jesus is truly unique. When Mary finally finds Jesus, she's a little upset. <laughs> um, and actually... I got to give it to Mary. She's less upset than I would be as a parent, right? I mean, think about how panicky you're searching for three days. I mean, have you ever lost a kid that those parents for five minutes? (laughs) You're going to have a heart attack, right? Imagine searching for your kid for three days and not knowing where your 12 year old is. I mean, they were probably, and not only that, it's Jesus. And they just had all that stuff we talked about at Christmas. We lost the Messiah. <laughs> Can you imagine these poor parents? Um, and remember, Jesus never sinned. So he was a perfect little son, right? He, was, he never did anything in rebellion or anything. So you can imagine they are panicking. And what Mary says to him is, your father and I, right? When a mom says to you, I'm going to speak to your dad about this. That's when you really know you're in trouble, right? Your father and I have been searching for you everywhere and in great distress. And Jesus' answer shows his innocence, that he didn't act out of rebellion, but genuinely says, why were you looking for me? He didn't even, this wasn't the motivation, wasn't an act of rebellion. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? So Mary had just said, your father, meaning Joseph, but Jesus clarifies that I have a father who has a priority, even over you. I need to be in my father's house. Now Luke points out, as he ends this section, that Jesus went home and was submissive. So, understand, that's his default. Of course, he's a perfect, sinless child. So his default is submission to his parents. But in this particular case, he was exactly where God the Father wanted him to be. Mary treasures up all this in her heart. It says Jesus increases in wisdom and in stature, meaning physically, and in favor with the Lord. We see here, the point of Luke's passage here is Jesus is uniquely the Son of God. Uniquely. Yes, 
you could say, well, aren't we all sons and daughters of God? Well, what do you mean by that, first of all? Do you mean all people in the world are God's children? Very rarely does the Bible actually talk about all people. Um, in, in Acts 17, Paul quotes, we are all his offspring. And he's actually quoting the Greek prophets. Uh, so God who is you know, the father of all, meaning all creation. So yes, in one sense, but in a very, very rarely does the Bible ever describe all people as children of God. You say, well, but all Christians. Okay, now, yes, the Bible does describe those who believe in him, who received him. He gives the right to become children of God, but we're adopted by faith. We're not of the same being as God, right? We're adopted into his family. He treats us, looks at us as his sons and daughters, no different than if we belong to him from the beginning. However, what this shows is the unique relationship that Jesus has with his heavenly father. He is the eternal son of God. He is ontologically, use a big word there, of essence, the same as the father, shared in nature. Friends, let's look, as we look at this upcoming year in 2021, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the unique son of God, the way, the truth, and the life. Who is Jesus? He is, even as a 12-year-old, the high priest in the temple, in the order of Melchizedek. He is the Passover lamb that all of Israel just spent seven days celebrating. He is the fulfillment of all of those goats and sheep and bulls ready and prepared by the Lord, sitting in the temple. Let's keep our eyes on him. Let's learn to love the Father the way Jesus loves the Father, meaning he gets the priority, (laughs) even over his parents. We look at this upcoming year, let's say, I'm going to spend time with the Lord above everything else. My time in his presence is more important than anything that would try to claim priority over it. Let's love our families, as Jesus did, for sure, but putting God first above all else as the highest priority. And let's grow in wisdom and in stature for some of us. Hopefully that means our kids uh, not growing outward for us who are older and in favor with God as we grasp the gospel of Christ. Jesus' childhood shows us who he is. This is the one glimpse of Jesus' childhood that we get, and it reveals that he is faithful, he is wise, and he is uniquely the Son of God. Any of you guys remember being 12 years old? Well, we have some kids here, so hopefully you do. It's a fun age. Um... You probably got into a lot of trouble and you got, made some stupid decisions and had a lot of fun and all that. But it's an instrumental age in our lives. We learn a lot. Going forward in 2021, let's make sure we're faithful, we're wise, and we're gospel-centered and see to it that the next generation, the 12-year-olds today, will carry this gospel on for us. Let's pray.
Gracious God, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Lord, even even as we look at Jesus here, help us as your people to seek to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to seek to be wise in this upcoming year. But above all, and really the way in which we achieve real faithfulness and wisdom, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus as the unique Son of God who's come to save us. Lord, as we look to the future, we look to this upcoming year, we look with hope. And as Christians, there's always, always room for hope. Who knows what you have ready for us in this upcoming year? Help us, Lord, as we spend time in your presence, as we pray and plead with you as our loving Father. Help us, Lord. Help us to be faithful, to be wise, and to grow in grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.